here we are and welcome to another episode of the friday night movie podcast we are you know we we're doing this episode during a very difficult time um this is in the wake of the hamas terror terror attacks uh in israel um and it's tough because our show is usually very comedic and funny and it's mostly my sisters making fun of me um uh and in in a weird strike of luck uh a beautiful, thoughtful film about uh, Jewish generational history called Fioretta came our way uh, from filmmaker Matthew Mishori, um and Joey Schoenberg. Do you go by Schoenberg? Scheinberg? Schoenberg? Schoenberg. Schoenberg. Sorry, I saw a whole movie. Um, <laughs> and and his father. Uh, uh, this incredible, this incredible tale. Um, and so we're very fortunate that we have such a thoughtful piece connected to our people that we're going to talk about today. Um, before uh, uh, we get into the interview, though, um, uh, I'd like to read a statement from National Council of Jewish Women. CEO Sheila Katz put this out earlier this week, and and I'm really at a loss for words. And thank goodness there are people like Sheila out there um, who put this statement out that I think for the purposes of this show... Um, which, you know, we always say we promise not to be newsworthy, you know, or uh, politically relevant. Uh, um, but but we also uh, would love to uh, would love to um, share from our hearts um, during this terrible time. Um, and so I'm going to just read this statement from uh, the NCJW, National Council of Jewish Women. Uh, we are outraged and heartbroken by the tragic events unfolding in Israel, including Hamas. This is this was from October 7th. So it's a couple, it's a few days ago, but including Hamas infiltration of southern Israel and carrying out reprehensible acts of targeting, kidnapping, and killing Israeli civilians. This brutal attack deliberately occurred on a day of religious significance to the Jewish people when many refrain from technologies and can't receive safety alerts. Shmini Atzeret and Simchat Torah should be days of spiritual contemplation and celebration, but Israelis now mourn lives lost, seek refuge in bomb shelters from incoming rockets, and are in an official state of war. NCJW, and, and I would say Friday Night Movie, our podcast, unequivocally condemns this violence uh, from Hamas and urgently calls for a peaceful resolution, allowing Israelis, Palestinians, and all to live in safety. Um, and I'll just say, we're not making any policy prescriptions uh, whatsoever here. We're just sharing the statement that's the closest to what's in our hearts. Uh, Beck, I don't know if there's an easy way to transition to uh, a podcast episode um unless you have something um amusing to to tell uh if not we'll just get right I, into it i don't i just um i we have a saying that um everyone who's uh supposed to be in the room is in the room and i really feel like that's true today on our podcast that our guests are meant to be here with us in this zoom room to talk about this really beautiful uh film with some Im really important themes some some themes that really really resonated with us this week and and it was um very special to get to watch your film and i'm i'm really excited to talk about it with you uh, uh with we, our with our guests sorry with, our, yeah. with me too I with mean, you i mean we could just i think more it. so with our guests i, I talk yes. to you all the time um, like do i need another one of your opinions i don't know but yeah okay let's so this is a film um I'll tee it up. I always like to like do my description and then I'll ask the filmmakers and the actors if, or, or the subjects if I did it right. But this is a film about um, a Jewish family tracing its roots and 
and and through that i feel like uh demonstrating the 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 weight and the privilege of being part of the jewish people um and 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 it's and it's also kind of a road trip movie of a father and son uh visiting um visiting their history matthew how did i do pretty well um i'd say it's also uh an examination of 500 years of the european story of the story of western civilization through uh the lens of 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 one family and it uh amongst other things uh i think shows all the ways in which uh, in which Jews have always been a part of and contributed to the great accomplishments uh, of European culture uh, throughout the generations. That that's so true. It's it's like there's every place that you visit. Where I, the one that really stands out for me is in Vienna, with all the classical music. Um, uh, but every every place that you visit, you're not just hearing. Oh, this is what our family was like, but you end up getting this window into what the world was like and, and the impact these people had. It was beautiful. All right, Joey, how did how did I do describing it earlier? How would you describe it? Um, I think you did a pretty good job. Um, I mean, for me, the film is less about necessarily tracing my roots. It's more about just like spending time with my dad and learning more about my family in general and kind of realizing how their lives affected me today. And so I guess I take a more personal perspective from it, but I would say you did a pretty good job as a general gist of the story. So so we have a we have a fairly big family tree on our mother's side of the family. It goes back only so far and then the records uh, drop off. My kids find it, it, it incredibly boring when I try to tell them family history. Um, you were just so nice to your dad. Tell me why. <laughs> tell me why you're such a good kid, and my kids need to improve. Um, well, I wouldn't say your kids need to improve. <laughs> if if they had, if we had more family dinner scenes, there probably would have been more of me making fun of my dad too, as well as my other siblings. But you know, it's I all my siblings, we make fun of my dad all the time about genealogy. So your kids are not alone in that. I think what really changed, I guess, for me was not not learning about my family was just having kind of that one on one time with my dad. Like if you say something to a group, like if you're in school and you say something to a group of students, maybe you'll get one that's interested or two or something that are paying attention but if you really work one-on-one -on -one with them and you kind of relate the things that you're the topics that you're learning about to that specific individual it helps them learn it helps them grow accustomed to the information and kind of relate to it on a personal level and my dad has done that for me in many ways and i never really fully understood why he does what he does until he kind of sat down with me and explained it to me in in a different way than he had before and just kind of made it feel like personal to personal to me and not just personal to him. Yeah. Wow, that's wild. Matthew. Um President how did you how did you how did you make your way to this this single family story but that also tells the story of 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 many people and and as you said really well of you know civilization 
you know, uh, of Europe, uh, of European history. How did you make your way to this? Uh, by 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 being on a on a film set, mine as it turned out, and um, as as often happens, uh, the power going out and people having to sit around and chat. So I I had sort of known Randy, uh, not terribly well, but we had sort of uh, you know been acquainted very. Uh, uh, very minimally uh, through a couple of previous films uh, I had made. So I'd done a film about a composer pianist who was friends with Randy's grandfather, and he had seen that film. Uh, and we had maybe met for a minute or two at the Villa Aurora in Los Angeles at a screening. And I had done another film that had been theatrically released in LA with the LA Museum of the Holocaust as a partner. And Randy founded that museum. So we knew about each other, sort of. Um, and a couple of years ago, I shot a film in Israel uh, called Who Are the Marcuses about uh, a very elderly uh, couple who uh, uh, died in a, you know, in their sort of two bedroom retirement home in San Diego and then found and then and then were on the sort of uh, cover of the Wall Street Journal a few days later because they had a $500 million fortune nobody knew about that they had acquired through a sort of a chance encounter with Warren Buffett in the 1950s. Uh, and uh, they had left it all to a university uh, in the south of Israel in the Negev Desert uh, for the express purpose of solving the world's water and climate crisis. Kind of an interesting story, uh, we thought, so we made a movie about it. And we needed somebody to talk about the uh, cultural predilections of uh German, Austrian, or as we say in Hebrew, Yekka Jews, who... My, I've heard that expression a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Who have five hundred million dollars yet reused uh, paper towels and aluminum foil, uh, and nobody knows they have any money. And then one day they make the biggest single charitable gift in the history of the state of Israel. So, so we needed someone to talk about that. And our German expert, so to speak, canceled at the last minute. And my producer Brad said, "I'll just call my forty-year uh, friend from high school, Randy Schoenberg." Um, and he'll come in and uh, and and be interviewed. And uh, Randy did actually come in and be interviewed. And the power went out. And there was a long period while they were fixing the lights and resetting the breaker. And Randy mentioned in passing uh, that he had just been to Italy, uh, where his uh, cousin Serena, a painter, lived, and that he was telling her about his sort of family research. And she said that would make for an interesting. Uh, documentary. Now, you know, most people in the world think that their um, activities would make for an interesting documentary, and in the vast majority of cases, it does not. Um, and so I was uh, a little uh, suspicious at first and said, so just how far back does this family story that you're telling go, thinking optimistically 1860 or something? And Randy said 500 years to the formation of the Venice Ghetto, and we had an inclination that maybe there was a story uh, after all. And so Randy and I took uh, a trip, which was wild and unforgettable and should have been maybe a movie in itself um, in, in January of 22, kind of in the dead of winter, uh, all, all over Europe and met the characters, uh, the people uh, you meet in the film who assist him in his, uh, you know, adventures and meanderings through uh, cemeteries and dusty archives uh, and that that sort of thing. Uh, what what Brad, our producer, calls the uh, Wes Anderson quotient of the movie. Um, <laughs> gentlemen with corduroy uh, and tweed jackets with um, elbow pads and, uh, you know, the people whose lives are, are dedicated to sort of resurrecting the past. 
And after meeting these characters, I realized there really is a movie to be made because they were wonderful. And and I think that ultimately uh, came to pass. Well, it's, uh, that, that's beautiful. You know, Becky comes from a documentary background. You're talking about casting. I feel like, Becky, you, you've got to have a question in there about about uh, ca- ca- finding the characters. Yeah, I was about to say that's, um, you know, I think people, some for someone who hasn't worked in documentary or made a documentary doesn't realize that you know you you actually have to cast your film you have to find those characters find those most interesting people and stories and who's gonna who's gonna bring that to life um so as you guys were on that initial trip and then through the filming and and then you know as you continue to make the film how how did you do that? How 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 did you piece things together um, and pick those people that were going to help best tell this this story? Well, I think your observation is a good one. Um, in fact, doubly so in a documentary, casting is important um, because you you know don't have um, uh, great actors who can pull one out of the hat, so to speak, um, and elevate material. The the you know the material itself, the character characters and the storyline is what elevates the documentary. Although, you know, I, I tend to think the filmmaking uh, plays a role too. Um, but uh, uh, the short answer is that I work with a co-writer and we uh, assessed the material and the characters and potential storylines. And then Rob, the writer, and I wrote what we wanted the documentary to be and cast it. And that's usually a fairly expansive outline much more than can fit into a feature film and then i shot the film and as 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 i think was the case in this instance and always hope to be the case when i make a film it turned out better than what we had planned and one of the uh, sort of changes along the way that really made the movie um i think work uh so beautifully is we decided that this should be a father-son story. And I think father-son stories just always work well in, in cinema. It's a, it's a paradigm for a reason. And uh, this is a story about generations and about the intergenerational transmission of cultural information and heritage, which is the most inherently Jewish theme imaginable, but it's also very universal at the same time. And so having a, a real-life father and son who have a a very loving and deep, but also cheeky and funny relationship uh, seemed like a really good thing to build the story around. And so when uh, Joey was available to come along on the trip, which was delayed a little bit by Randy getting COVID and rescheduling. We you got pivoted. COVID too. Let's point that out. Yeah, so we pivoted and uh, and and decided to uh, structure sort of the whole film around this father-son uh uh, journey and uh, I think it works as you know as a as as a as a journey of discovery and it helped that you know we had a young central character who was just sort of coming out into the world and discovering uh, you know uh, who he was and his family story and you had a relationship between a father and son that that, that changed and grew over the course of the movie. So I think as interesting as as the as the history might be, it's really the father son relationship that carries the film. 
Um, it is. It's so charming. And like I said, as a parent who wants to impart all these things, I feel like I got some good tips from Randy. Um, one of the moments that hit me extremely hard in this film uh, was when there's a rabbi, I believe it's a rabbi, who's talking about how uh, in our culture, there are uh, Jewish culture, there are uh, more than one death. You can die more than one death. That you can die. My rabbi, in fact, says that at the oh, beginning of the movie. Yeah. That's your, yeah, yeah. That's your rabbi. Okay. Yeah, I know this thing you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, it's... Yeah, yeah, that's your rabbi. Well, it's one of the most powerful moments um, because mm -hmm. that also just it, it hummed with me. Every, it hummed in my ear every time uh, you all, Randy and Joey, end up in another graveyard. Um, but the idea that you die more than one death because there's when you actually leave this world and then there is when the last person who remembers you forgets you or when when you're finally when you're the forgotten he says it the last time you're remembered the last time you're remembered yeah and yeah, there's, a lot of, there's there's a lot of good you know sort of jewish folk wisdom uh but the act of remembrance is is really just so central to uh jewish liturgy uh you know every uh every minyan ends with um with, with the mourner's kaddish and uh the obligation of, of memory and Mm -hmm. uh, remembering, uh, uh, you know, remembering uh, loved ones who have passed away uh, is is very central to the culture. I'm sure it's not just central to Jewish culture, but that's the one we all know, I think, best. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, that was a was a good way to frame uh, Randy's uh, Randy's work in sort of digging up all of these forgotten ordinary people who had no expect you know i always uh refer to uh frumatol who's one of the uh uh fabulously named uh characters who randy finds generations and generations back up the chain uh, you know a a, a from woman from the i guess 1700s or early 1800s what expectation could she possibly have to be remembered in 2023 um by by a film no less um and so there's there is this sort of holy work component to what randy does um a lot of the the people uh whose stories he he tells through uh the sort of remnants of of the record uh of, of the historical record uh, have nobody left to remember them and so that's kind of a framing device uh, in a sense and uh there's the scene you mentioned and then and then the same voice comes back towards the end as joey's walking through uh through the art gallery and i think comments that the act of memory is actually a really important thing by itself. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Do you, do you feel like in this day and age where we can record, I mean, I guess we put a lot of faith in digital things in the cloud and, you know, backups and all of that, but there's so much information. Do you think we have it easier or because there's so much information and because truth is getting fuzzier and fuzzier, it's, it's even more incumbent upon us. Well, there's a actually choice. a running there's a running joke in my family because there's uh, that theme is very Jewish and but it's also universal. And we all my whole family, we all agree that it's also the same theme in Coco, the movie. Oh. And so we we always say whenever we hear that line, we always say, oh, that's the same theme as Coco. I, I'm not going to lie. I have been singing to myself in the back of my head, remember me. Dun, 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 dun. 
<laughs> so I have never actually exactly. seen this film, and what? I I now have I now have something to add to my to my uh, screening list. I, it's Becky's not gonna uh, Becky's not gonna brag. Her husband worked on it, so uh, you can brag for me. Yeah. Uh, um, and so it it sounds like I'll uh, I'll have a, a sort of an earworm song stuck in my you, head. That song is pretty amazing. It's so cute. I love Kafka. It's we finally great, got my brother. Movie. We finally got my brother to watch it recently, and uh, his girlfriend actually got him to watch it, and he loved it. But he was very skeptical at first. But well, everyone comes know, around to Coco. It's, it's got some, you know, it's these very, uh, very meaningful themes: family, and you know, remembering the generations that came before us, and. You know, it while it it feels, you know, while our stories are uniquely ours, yeah, there is this um, you know, shared meaning with uh with other cultures for sure. Yeah, so. I think memory and perseverance are are mm -hmm. probably the 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 two takeaway themes for me from the story that that Randy tells over those five hundred years. And so I wanted to, you know, I wanted to sort of ground the the film in in that theme and and so that scene appears uh, towards towards the beginning. Um, uh, Joey's sister, who works with an organization, I think it's called Remember Us. Is that right? It's called Remember Us. Yeah, yeah, it was a was a good uh, a good excuse to kind of bring that into the story and and also show in a way how Randy's work filters through uh, through the generations. You know, you, you talk about um, to talk about things and, and generations and and one of the the the, thi the one of the things that was striking to me was the visiting of the graves and the putting the stones at the end of the at the end of the film too um uh do you feel like do you feel like i i felt like a i mean i understand intuitively what graves are but i'm going looking for graveyards whereas i feel like randy like Randy approached these graveyards as these, it's almost like a trove of stories, almost like something that came to life as opposed to something that was sad. Is that, am I, <clears throat> I don't know if I'm off base there, but that that is one of the things I took away from this film is that these, these graveyards tell a story. Well, they do. And I think, yeah, I think they have, they have two, two purposes and, and maybe, maybe both uh, uh, in some way come up in the film, but they certainly, uh, manifest themselves in our lives they are places of of remembrance and memory and therefore also of of sadness um although maybe also sometimes of joy but primarily sadness and that is i think the personal uh component that's the way i feel say once a year when i uh, uh you know on on my father's yard site when i visit uh, his grave um on the other hand collectively uh, cemeteries are a reflection of 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 the time uh, they time in which they were constructed, and the people who were buried there, and their families, and the societies that um, uh, that constructed them. And so, if if you're trained in the signifiers, as Randy and his uh, merry uh, band of cohorts are. You can learn a lot about the society that uh, that 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 built the cemetery by simply walking through it. And um, he always says, uh, you know, in conversation, and it's an interesting point that um, if you look at cemeteries in the United States, where 
uh, all of the stones are flat to allow um, uh, you know uh, lawnmowers to uh, basically roll over them because they're essentially enormous lawns. That tells you something about the society that built it, um, or the time in which that society uh, thrived, and the sort of um, chaos and uh, overgrown uh, romantic nature of, of the cemeteries we feature in the film tell a different story. So they are, I think, repositories of, of cultural uh, values, uh, and and they reflect the times in which they were created. So in a way, they're their own own record of the 500 years that we explore in our film okay all right now here's my tough final question for you all so 500 years from now um matthew and joey 500 years from now uh, to take us out 500 years from now if there's something you want remembered right someone's going to be you know god willing going through the archives of this time and they're going to find your film and they're going to look at what's the What's the thing you want them to either take away from the film or what you left on uh, on on you know on this earth five hundred years later? If you could leave signs behind, well, uh, I'll just say one thing about the contemporary context in which we're talking today. Um, a lot of Jewish people made this movie and 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 did so freely, and uh, it it is a repository of 500 years of, of Jewish history and not just uh, persecution, although they're, although we don't shy away from that, but also uh, accomplishment. Um, and I would say that uh, the, the difference between today and, and you know, and, and we just, we're, we're going through right now a period of, um, of violence against, uh, against Jews. Um, and as, as, a, as both an American and an Israeli, I'm, you know, keenly keenly feeling that um, this week. But but the difference is, uh, in a sense, that unlike three or four, even 100 or 80 years ago, um, you know, now that we have uh, a state and, uh, and, and uh, uh, power, we can fight back and, and we will, and we will ultimately prevail. And so I think that this film was made in a time of, of, of Jewish history along that 500 year continuum that while still punctuated by incredible darkness uh, offers hope that wasn't uh, necessarily present um, in generations past, even though it's some, even though at this particular moment, it's, it's sometimes hard to feel that. That's extremely beautiful and, and beautifully said. Thank you, Matthew. How about you, Joey? Looking ahead um, 500 years. For me, mine, I guess is a little shorter, but mine is just, I hope people never stop trying to find out more about themselves. There's always more to learn. There's always more to teach. And if you really search within yourself, you'll find a lot of interesting and cool things. Thank you. Matthew Mashori, Joey Schoenberg, uh, Yasher Koch, as, mm -hmm. as we say. Absolutely. Um, uh, um, uh, or Yasher Kochichem, Matthew, I feel like you could, uh, is that better said? Because it's. Sure. Um, just trying to use the grammar correctly as you like um uh which is which is uh, 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 a comment of of respect uh it, it means like go forth with strength i believe if i'm saying it if i'm translating it literally enough um uh, you've made a beautiful film and uh we here at the podcast you know we're a family show this is my sister becky lily is uh unavailable today but 
you know, we talk a lot about our family and our, and this in a way is our family record, this show. And uh, we're so fortunate that we were able to watch this film. We we need Randy to, to now do your family history for you. Oh my God. I mean, I mean, we would love to. Um, uh, uh, So thank you so much for being a part of the show and and bringing your family to our family. Be well. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thank you for listening to Friday Night Movie, the sibling rivalry and pop culture podcast. Join the Friday Night Movie family by following at Friday Night Movie on all of the socials and visiting our website, FridayNightMovie.com. Our theme song is by What Does It Eat? And make sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.